fucking around. It's Wild Style Radio. Wild Style Radio. What's up? Welcome to the Stand Up and Shout Rock Show. Again, live today. Woo-hoo, live. Worldwide live. Worldwide live. Coming to you live from what Manassas, Virginia. Yes. At the Salisbury Center Studios on the Wild Style Network, fueled by Monster Energy. You went there and our other partner, our other yep. buddy. RV Repair Bear. Not the Care Bear, but the Repair the Bear. RepairBear.com. Yes. So what's up? This is Kevin with my bud Whisk. We're Woo-hoo. here. Going to talk about some music today. Yes. And uh, that's what we lots do. of other stuff. That's, so, what, that's exactly what we do. Second, uh, kind of get into a regular cadence here. So we're doing every other Wednesday night live. Yeah. And uh, second show of, of that. Um, what's been going on? I feel like, Kevin, we're starting in terms of advertising and getting the word out about our live show. We're starting to... I, I don't think that you and I are social media beasts but we participate, and I think yep. that we're getting the word out. We got some a, a broader presence on Facebook. So if you're following us on Facebook, uh, we're over 150 followers there. Yep, Thank you very awesome. much. So if you're not watching this live, you're going to see it later. Please join the conversation. I think that's what we're trying to do, right? Like yep. not have this be about me and you, but everybody. Yeah. Join in the conversation about rock and roll. For sure. Yeah. We've got some things coming up and upcoming episodes. We're doing a new game later today. That's going to be pretty fun. Yeah. Hopefully we can get some engagement from anyone who may be watching. Yes. But don't forget also we're on Instagram. So, you know, Facebook and Instagram. I hear that, uh, you know, some of you, I know some people are listening through other streaming services like Spotify and Apple Music. Yep. And then uh, I hear that we're out and about on TikTok. That's what we need to master next. I know nothing about TikTok, admittedly, I have to say. I'm so sorry for my TikTok compadres out there. You should have hit up some of the students before school. Right? I know, I know. I remember when it was Musical.ly, when it was before they called it TikTok. And I remember kids on Musical.ly lip syncing to really bad songs. Like that's, I think that maybe that's my social media bias because those songs are not rock tunes. I saw them just, you know, yeah, no. electronic poppy songs. Yes. It didn't grab me back when it was musically. Right. And it's still electronic poppy songs <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> right, right. Except we, for Adam and the Metalhawks. Except for Adam and the Metalhawks. They do a great job on TikTok. Yes. As we found out and we've seen. And we're followers of them. We are. Yeah. Yes. So Adam, if you ever want to banter in Jack Black style, we're out there. We're ready. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and then we also have the website, so it's Stand Up and Shout Rock Show, all compressed. One word, standupandshoutrockshow.com. And, and is spelled out. And is spelled out, yep. yes. So uh, you can catch us there. That links through the Wild Style, to and from the Wild Style Network site. Yep. And uh, we also have email, so if you want to hit us up on an older format we're, <laughs> we're on email at same thing stand up and shout rock show at gmail.com stand up and shout rock show at gmail.com cool so Keep hammering out all of those you know those platforms to find us in because we want to make you a part of the conversation so even if you're not listening live and you're finding us in these social media feeds and places and you're watching this show and you want to comment please comment because we will comment back and then we might uh, just carry it over into the next conversation. We're here a couple of weeks later. Yeah, for sure. Like the last uh, episode we did two Wednesdays ago, we did a, a new version of What Are the Odds? Yes. Featuring the Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters edition. So a little follow up to that. It just was announced the other day that the album. Yes. 
And here we are, uh-huh. debuted in the top 10 on the Billboard 200, yeah. which wasn't the exact question. It was, would they have a number one single? Yes. But their album, you know, came in at number eight. So time will tell for that number one single. You had a high percentage. I had a lower percentage yep. on that odds question. If you go back and watch that episode. But, uh, but yeah, so I mean, I'm very hopeful. So obviously their album debuted very high. So I feel like between this conversation and last conversation to kind of jump ships and not jump ships necessarily, but to meld, I've been listening to three albums where they've teased releases, right? They've put out some singles that happen with, uh, with uh, rescue, you know, from the yep. Foo Fighters. Um, and then I think under you was also released before they released the album. Um, but then there's two other albums that I have to admit that I've been listening to. I don't know if you've been listening to it. It's Buck Cherry's volume 10. And Extremes 6, yep. two numeric albums. So I haven't taken a deep listen to the Buck Cherry, but mm-hmm. that's on the list. But I have been listening to the new Extreme album, and yeah. it's awesome. Oh, okay. So like, I was, that's been my two-week rotation. Like in the past two weeks, those three albums, kind of the albums I've been listening to the most. So would you say you've been listening to that more than the Foo Fighters album? Um, About the same. I mean, I, I do a big mix because... Yeah. Um, as and we haven't really talked about this before, but I used to be infamous for going out to the Waxy Maxis and getting every single album oh, yeah. the day it came out. Oh yeah, I, I, and now I'm an Apple Music right. uh, user, uh-huh. so I can get everything. So usually right. when I'm working out or whatever in the car, I just have Apple Music and running on shuffle. Sure. So, but. Yeah. The Extreme album, when I've been working out the last week or so, that's what I've been listening to fairly exclusively. Right. I wonder, like, when we're talking about that, like we were saying about going down to the Waxy Maxi and getting that album when it was released, that used to be such a thing, you know, like, because you had to wait for new music. You didn't get the instant drop, you know, into whatever you were shuffling through and cycling through and the algorithm that was understanding what you try to listen to. So, yeah, so I, I pull back, you know, there's, and I notice that when I listen to some albums, some albums I think I'm excited for, and then I hear them, and then I stop listening to them and go back to the old shuffle. Right. But like those three albums in particular, and surprisingly for me, it was the Buck Cherry album. I, I, I did not have to admittedly, I'm sorry, Buck Cherry and Josh Todd and all you folk, if you're listening to this, but I, I did not have high expectations for that album, and it's a great album. Awesome. Yeah, so like that became a part of that new album rotation, where I didn't go back to my shuffle, wanted to listen to the full album. For me, I'm not a ballad guy. So there's some ballads right. on that and the extreme album that I can kind of, you know, kind of push past. Sure. But, and sometimes, admittedly, I do push past. But most of those songs are solid, They're wickedly solid. Cool. And I'm, I'm a big fan. So, yes, but we've kind of like neglected the poor Foo Fighters. But that's getting a lot of critical acclaim, too. Yep. Yeah. So, um, it's a, a darker album, obviously, for obvious reasons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thematically. Yeah, and, and they certainly tapped in and harnessed that. And uh, you can feel it, it. It's dark. It's angry. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I, I, I like it. It's I love it. good stuff. Yep, yep. So, uh, yeah, and then, you know, we're going to be seeing Buck Cherry here in a month or so. So Yes, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so in terms of, like, your waxy maxi story and running down and getting in line and jumping on that, that was... Uh, my 10 a.m. girlfriend that Saturday morning that those tickets went on sale. <laughs> so that's, I'll just, Josh Todd, if you're out there, you got a devoted fan that can't wait for that show to drop. So we're going to reach out to you and try to get you on the Stand Up and Shout Rock show. And if we can get you here, we will. So we'd love to that talk to awesome. all of you Buck Cherry folk and any and whoever would happen to be listening to this. 
Ooh, we just had a light. I think that was intentional. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but that was a reveal. There was that like a surprise reveal since I was reaching out to invite guests <laughs> into the podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right. That was the, the music God saying no effing way. Uh-huh. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Damn, I hope not. Um, and one other current item that has come up recently that I think we can get a good conversation going on. We're and starting a little news here, Kevin. We We're are. doing a little news. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Music news. So it was recently announced, I think last week, maybe it was the week before, that Tool's getting ready to do a North American tour. I love them. Yeah. Love it's going to be great. Wait. I love Tool. Um you know, I saw them the very first time at Lollapalooza three mm-hmm. and they were phenomenal. Did nope. you, did you, when they were, they were green river, green jelly, not green river, green rivers, grunge. Yeah. I think some of them were in the green jelly. Right. Did you ever see that? No, I meant to act. Cause I, when I reread that, I meant to, I know that you had seen some of those acts back in the day and I didn't know if you yeah, saw that. Did not see them, but yeah, they were, uh, they were the, they had been doing the small stage at yeah. Lollapalooza up until I saw them and it was in Charlotte yeah. and they were the first act of the day. Yeah. And I don't think anybody really who knew who they were. Sure. They come out on stage and Maynard's like, Hey, we're tool. We're the next big thing. And then they just ripped it apart. Yep. And it Proved was a, it. a great show. Yeah. Um, good way to kick off that, that version of Lollapalooza. But so I guess there has been a lot of angst and grief and pointed towards Ticketmaster primarily. Here we go again. But here, here we go. And I, I have a different take on that. And Scott's pulling this article up from ultimateguitar.com. Mm-hmm. So they're offering their platinum package, which I guess is typically like the advanced sale sort yes. of VIP experience. And they're, the tickets are $600 a piece. Without the fee. Without fee. Without a fee tacked on top. Yeah. And so the take on in the article that we're showing is really kind of railing on Ticketmaster. Yeah. Um, but from my perspective, and, and I got plenty to, that I can say about Ticketmaster, but this is the band. Yeah. The band is charging six hundred dollars for this experience and we're seeing more and more of that and maybe it's inflation maybe it's you know the post-covid trying to recoup lost revenue what have you but i mean we even talked about this a few weeks ago aerosmith yes doing their farewell tour i was wondering if you're going to go there yeah and just the regular general admission tickets are were 600 a piece and up yeah so you know from that perspective you know, I think it was sort of misguided in blaming this on Ticketmaster, but I'm sure on the other end of those sales, Ticketmaster is getting their 30, 50, whatever their, their fees, yes, which are also outrageous. Right. Based on a percentage. So the higher the base price, the better the percentage is going to be for Ticketmaster and more money that they make. So, right. so they're interested in other words, in ticket prices going up. So for us as fans, that's a very bad thing. Yeah, no, I agree. So like from my understanding, from what I read into this, it's it's an algorithm that sets prices, right? So it's, I guess like whatever algorithms they have go out and kind of measure, uh, engage the, the interest in, there's our light flicker again. Like I'm, I'm telling you, is this only when I talk? Bro, you gotta not be so distracted by the <laughs> storm going on. Things going on. I, no way, I'm like a squirrel. <laughs> there's no way in hell I'm not gonna like say something about that. Howard Stern's like, so tell me, Johnny Depp or Brad Pitt, what's going on? Oh, wait a second, the lights just flicker. <laughs> That's gonna be way too like tempting for me not to talk about. 
Forget the Ticketmaster. It's the lights flickering. Yeah, so anyway, so, yeah, so based on that algorithm, so that was a disappointment where, where for us. Where's the Arizona. car crash sound effect on that? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, how long have you, how many years have you known me? You I know, know that I, I can't resist That's why that. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. There it is. Yeah. Look, now i got to talk about that. <laughs> oh, Scott's loaded. All right. All right, what are we talking about? So the algorithm, <laughs> but the algorithm, the algorithm. is... What, how Ticketmaster is setting their fees based on the price or right? Okay, the Ticketmaster. So, like, so getting back, like, this is what I loved about grunge, you know, in the 90s, because we remember that and the, the Pearl Jam lawsuit. But even before that, like, we would talk about one of our own here in Washington, D.C., Fugazi and Ian Mackay, you know, that you would just absolutely refuse to not only have high ticket prices for live events, but also high album prices at the time when you had to buy and pay for an album. And never wind up signing with a major record label because of it, because he was taking that stance that he wanted all groups of people to access his music all the time, not just people that can afford it. So like I, that spirit, we, I think we talk about, we've talked about several times on this podcast. It would be nice to see that again, because it sure. is moving away from that. And we've certainly, how many times do you think you've seen Aerosmith? Oh, at least six times yeah, that I can think of off the top of my head. I was thought you're going to go higher. I was going to say at least a dozen, you sure. know, and especially, well, we saw Aerosmith and Guns N' Roses right. in, in, in 88. Can you imagine what that ticket would cost now between those two acts? Oh, yeah. If they went off of that algorithm and we probably saw them for what would now be probably anywhere from 60 to $80. And we wouldn't pay that much then, but I would say right. relevant, you know, to what we paid for, for those ticket prices, which was very fair. And of course, it was a you know amazing show that was fully sold out, yeah. And we got to see Guns N' Roses as they were rising, you know, and supporting Appetite for Destruction. So, a lot of people missed that experience. And I noticed when I went back, and I didn't see any tickets in this uh, uh, smaller area for Tool, but because they haven't gone on sale like in right. this DC area. But then I've seen them for Aerosmith, and there's still seats in good sections that are overpriced and unsold. And so that's just disappointing because. I want to go for a reasonable price. Right. Selfishly. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's, that's one of the benefits of clubs, right? Because yeah. you're, you're generally going to see a band for a lot less. Mm -hmm. um, but to me, it's a little disingenuous um, when a band is sort of pointing the finger back at Ticketmaster when they're the ones that have set that price point mm -hmm. based on their, their writer, you know, whatever through the promoter, what they're going to charge. Sure. So, um, but plenty of blame for Ticketmaster to go around. Another reason to say that Ticketmaster is evil and pure evil. Yep. All right. So like on that note, the lights just flickered. And so the thought that was in my head is that I shouldn't say that the lights are flickered, but then if I don't say it, then I'm not acknowledging that I just should win style points for not saying that the lights flickered. So I'm rewarding myself for not saying that the lights flicker, but I, in that I did say that the lights flicker. <laughs> yeah. How about that for a catch 22? I'm so confused. <laughs> we, we, we need to draw that out to figure it out. Well, you know, we've got a great show coming up. Um, we're going to talk about some upcoming shows here at the Salisbury Center. Can't wait. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Motley drama, some new stuff that's come up around that, and, and also a little bit of Gen Z conversation that's just come up recently in the news. Yeah. And our game featuring Metallica. Yeah, we're going to do a little bottoms up Metallica edition when we come back. All right. Don't go stand too far. up and shout rock show. Right on.
Welcome back to the Stand Up and Shout Rock Show, coming to you from Salisbury Center Studios yeah. on the Wild Style Network. Yeah, yeah. Fueled by Monster Energy. And our special thanks to our other sponsor, RVRepairBear.com. You want to say RV Bear, don't you? No, you do. That's what you usually say. Did you say Monster Studios also? Did I you didn't. say coming from nice? Because that was the first time I saw the sign was today. Yep. We have a monster studio. This is the sign. monster studios. Yeah. But that's awesome. Yeah. So again, at the Salisbury Center, we got some great events coming up here over the next couple of months. Uh, this Friday is another spotlight on Friday. Yeah. With a metal night featuring Age of Ruin. Our old friends. Our old friends, Age, Age of, of Ruin. Ruin. Yes. They're no longer whatever glowing glowing embers. Embers. No, yeah the glowing embers have <laughs> glowing gone away embers. they are now age of ruin again uh-huh. Uh-huh. they're going to be headlining along with locked in a vagrancy conjure the junkheads and blazoner excellent so, yeah should be a great night of music that's a that's a i mean that's a fairly new lineup for that night we've been here multiple times yep. on that night that there's i mean the age it's of all, ruin. all bands we have not seen yeah. other than age of ruin absolutely yeah so, that's, yeah cool yeah then uh, on june the 25th the Knuckleheads, who we interviewed here when we did the Punk Night on a spotlight on Friday night. A lot recently. of bands that we have talked to have referenced the Knuckleheads. They yeah. seem to be known in the music community, around the local emerging punk community around here. Yep. Yeah. They're they're holding their album release party here mm-hmm. and are going to do a show as well and have special guest raw dogs who we also talked to yeah yeah so that'll be cool that's a great lineup yep then coming up on july the 8th is the glam slam metal tour i'm very excited about this yes we got enough's enough yeah the choir boys and bad marriage yes so hopefully at the very least we'll get to chat with chips enough and uh, i would presume we're going to have a ton of great stories we got to talk to the choir boys too yeah yeah well hopefully we'll talk to all three of them but Uh yeah but uh then on uh just saw this one today on June the tw- or July the twenty first. Yes, is a spotlight on classic rock. Yes, so headlining with the Road Ducks. The Road Ducks, so a legendary DC area band to be known for a, a, a venue. It's not around anymore. Jacks, like I always yep. associate the Road Ducks with Jacks. Jacks, yeah. I think we've seen them there in the day multiple times, yep. probably yep. with kicks and they, and they've played a lot with kicks. They uh-huh. recently played with kicks at the state theater. Yep. So we'll probably be able to chat with them about their career, obviously, but yes. also, you know, coming up and running around with kicks and Rothschild yeah. and yep. child's play all those bands. Yep. So they're going to be here. They're the headliners that night and our friends in medicine man yeah. on the bill as well as F it all. I can't wait. Ray, yeah, Rick, can't wait to see you guys back out yep. again. Yeah, it'll be yeah. awesome. Uh-huh. And then the next night is Local Palooza 2. All right. So yes. It's going to be fantastic. One of my favorites of all time. The Shack. The sh- yes. Jimmy's Chicken Jimmy's Shack. Chicken Shack, the headliners. Mm-hmm. We have American Jet Set, yeah. who we met at M3. Yeah, great, great group of guys. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, in no particular order, we'll have First Try. Woo! Gavin Evick. Yeah. Age of Ruin uh-huh. again, again. The Knuckleheads, mm-hmm. Vent Hill, and maybe a few more. Yeah, I think yeah, we're going up. To, I think there's going to be up to a dozen that day. That's going to be a big day. I think we're going to start here. What like three thirty, four, and doors, around that the time. The doors open at three, and show starts at four. Right, and mm-hmm. that'll go into the night. Then any any other confirmed acts that I, I missed? 
Any surprises out there, Mr. Salisbury? No surprises. And, no and surprises. we're running two stages. I have, no idea. I have no idea what you just mentioned also. I said Aerosmith and Guns N' Roses. Hey, did the beer. lights flicker? <laughs> <laughs> did the lights flicker out there on you? Hey, this is not my show. I don't need to pay attention. Uh-huh. All right. Well. So get back to the question. Are we doing two stages? I heard we're doing two stages. So nonstop music. Nonstop music. So it will never end. Nice. Yeah. Relentless music from yes. 4 p.m. until 11 or 12. That's excellent. Should make for great studio interviews. With I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> like this, and there's not going to be a quiet interview to be had. Nope. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. it's going to be, you know, great day mm-hmm. again. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've talked quite a bit on some past episodes about the, the Motley Crue drama. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's been a couple of articles that have come out. So uh, these guys won't stop. It's what they do. They will it's not what stop. They do. And uh, I mean, there's you go to most any of these music sites, music news, music gossip sites. You're going to find something. Sure. Uh, I've been trolling around on ultimateguitar.com a lot lately, but right. um, it looks like, you know, there's been another legal intervention um, where the, the Motley Crue Corporation right. wants this case rather than going to going to a trial uh-huh. with a jury. And we've talked a little bit about some of the, some of the stuff that's been going on back and forth, the, the allegations and the, the rumors and who's on drugs, who can't remember what song they're supposed to be playing, right. all of that back and forth. But now it looks like Motley Crue's management wants this case to be heard through an arbitrator, right? which most likely my perception of that is to try and keep the information a little bit under wraps right. rather than, than it being heard before a jury or a judge in a more public type Open setting. venue, exactly. Try to whittle Mick down a little bit, wear him out. Yep. Yeah. So there's a little bit about that. And then uh, John Karabi, who did a stint as the lead singer in Motley Crue. Did an album, the uh, self-titled album, Motley Crue, which which is a good album. It was a great album. Yeah, I think it was underrated Motley album. Yeah, he's a fantastic singer. Yep. Um, Hooligan's Holiday is a great song. Yep. Yeah. And so they tried to pull him into the mess, and he tried to stay away from it, but basically said, you know, I could see certainly where Mick's coming from, having been treated mm-hmm. very much the same way by those guys. Mm-hmm. I think it gets like, you know, it hits us, you know, like I said, it's, it's part of, it's almost like a, a part of Motley Cruz to have some type of controversy churning, like even not even now, but even 20 years ago, you know, if it was, you know, the Tommy Lee sex tapes or the Vince Neil sex tapes that even were coming before out. that problems with their management. Yes, that's true too. Yes, that's a good point. That's the song Bastard, right? Off a shot at the devil was written towards past management. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's the lifestyle side, you know, I use that word a lot, you know, like uh to, to kind of describe what's going on outside of the actual music and the rock and roll. The thing is like they have great songs and great albums that we love. And that's that's what I feel like draws us back to them. But sure. are you surprised that Tommy Lee, Nikki Six, and Vince Neil have issues with dealing with people. <laughs> I mean, they're maniacs. Right. They're awesome, talented maniacs, but they're maniacs. Yes, yes, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And and that was Mick, though, right? Was We always say that he was the concrete pillar that kind of held those maniacs in check. And maybe, I don't know, like you have to wonder how age kind of plays into it. And maybe as they've gotten a little older, they've gotten a little more, I mean, for lack of a better word, self-centered. 
you know, so they feel that they're right, even when they are being maniacs. And so they're going to pass on the grounded, you know, kind of voice that was Mick Mars. I don't know. Like, you know, because when you get into these kind of speculations about personalities and lifestyle, that's what they become. They become speculative. So it's hard to know what's going on. Well, and I, I wonder if it's more, you know, to me, I mean, I think most people expected that mix being a, a little, a decent amount older than those three guys, but also considering his health issues, you had to expect that there was going to come a point in time, just like the guys in kicks, right? right you know, they're right. like, we just can't do this anymore. So right. we're going to, we're going to wrap this up. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, you had to figure that I think some of it is related to the fact that while it was expected, it was kind of a surprise. Sure. That Mick's like, I, Oh, definitely. I'm not doing this anymore. So, Maybe some of it is, you know, they're, you know, not trying to get back at him, but, you know, they're not happy about that. You know, right. it's kind of, and cause he was, he has been the glue right? Um, to a certain extent. So, you know, perhaps it's that, I don't right. know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, it's a shame. I, I do like John Karabi's take where John Karabi just kind of made a stance. This is what they do. You know, this is not what I do. Like I, I right. had basically because they make so much noise surrounding their personality that I keep getting drawn into it when my experience with them was over 20 years ago and I'm still doing my thing and making my albums, of course, playing great music. So I wish you would stop asking me about Motley Crue and ask me about what I'm doing, right. what John Karabi's doing, which is kind of a great take. Like, I guess you want my opinion towards McMars since I may have had some type of similar experience, but... I don't even know if I did have experience, similar experience, because it was so long ago. Right. And so much time has passed. Yeah. No. And, and yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah what, it's been almost 30 years since he was in the band. So right. Right. It's like, and he's got a new album coming out and people aren't really asking him about that. Right. So right. it's like, why do you want to keep rehashing the old stuff? But I think some of it too is like, you know, it's like any PR is not necessarily bad PR. Mm -hmm. So if this stuff's coming right. out, right. You, you got folks talking about the band, right? where when they called it a, a career and did the final tours and all that stuff, right? you know, they're like, oh, well, we have this movie that might be coming out, but right. people just weren't talking about them. Right. Do you think Motley Crue, like if, if, if they say had less, you know, outside hype that's drawing attention to the band, like everything that you're bringing up, and maybe their their audience size is diminished. Do you think they would be content playing, not necessarily even a club, but like a mid sized venue? You know, think they would be like Judas Priest did this, right? Like they went. Right. We've seen them recently at the MGM at National Harbor, and we've also seen them at the Anthem. You know, so they've gone from a stadium act to that size act. Do you think that Motley would be okay with that? I don't know. Well, I mean, they, they've done, they did the residency in Vegas and yeah. they've done some of that stuff too. So yeah. they've done a little bit of that and, and, you know, think about in the early nineties when most of the metal bands either disappeared right. or those that were still playing. I mean, you saw them at a fairgrounds. Yes. Yeah, that's so. right. Yeah. Yeah. But Frederick fair, that was a great show. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. they, they, I think they did what they could do, Yeah. you know, and they were obviously still making money, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would think so. Mm -hmm. I mean, like to me, it's going to get back. I think the bottom line for us, because we're still talking about it, they're still churning out the news. And we're still paying attention to it, is that we still love their albums and love their songs and we still want to see them. So at any chance that we can, right. and, you know, as we keep seeing with a lot of rock and roll music, 
matter if they're young or old, their days can be numbered. So like if they're still out there and able to do it, we want to see it. So, you know, put down the gloves and with you know, one exception and get going with one exception. Uh, and I, I sent this, if Scott can pull this one up, this was the third article we wanted to bring up in this segment. This is when I would not be seeing Motley Crue. <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to go here. <laughs> yeah. So the, the article that was just brought up for the listeners as opposed to the viewers is that evidently there was talk, which is interesting to me. So there's two, two kind of parts to almost to talk to this. Right. Everything there was talk with Motley Crue hiring Scott Stapp as a lead singer. So the first part of that is I didn't know that they were in the market for a lead, new lead vocalist. Well, yeah, and I had heard some rumors when Mick stepped out that Nikki Six and I, I would presume Tommy because he and Vince, for as long as they've known each other, have had axes to grind against each other. Right. So there was talk when John five came on board that they were also going to replace Vince right. with a new right. singer. Right. And, and I had heard Scott Stapp's name and there were some others that were thrown out by um, the way. So Scott Stapp, if you, you know, didn't happen to know was the old singer for Creed before Creed turned into the great band Alter Bridge. Right. Yeah. So, but it sounds like even Scott Stapp decided to turn down the offer to sing in Motley Crue. But can you imagine that? Like their vocal styles are extremely different. Totally different. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like asking Eddie Vedder almost to sing for Motley Crue. Right. You know, in terms of the vocal styling, like I, I don't, I can't see looks that kill in the Yarl, you know, in the Eddie Vedder Yarl that like Scott Stapp kind of adopted, you know, as well. Right. You know, how would that? That's I, like asking the guy from Crash Test Dummies to sing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're you're going deep on those songs. Yeah, yeah. Or Corey that's, Glover that's to sing Queensrÿche songs. Oh yeah, yeah. Man, that would you be- never have that happen. <laughs> <laughs> but the other part of this article, which we we talked about over text, is apparently Creed is reforming and doing a reunion tour. Yeah. And my question to that is, why would you do that? So I, I guess my confession is I'm not a Scott Stapp fan, you know, like I, I was, I, I thought Creed was all right, you know, and when he left and I love the, the approach that they took with Miles Kennedy, when he started fronting the band, they renamed themselves, they reinvented their music and it was amazing. Yep. So for me, I love Alter Bridge. I just think Alter Bridge is just the jam and uh, I, I can't wait every time I see them, but I never felt that way about Creed. It's not that I didn't necessarily respect what they did. It's just, it's yep. a it's a very different personality. So I understand why they even like reinvented and changed the band names. Tried to instead of holding on because Creed was successful with multiple top forty hits. So yeah, they were they and, and I kind of liked them. You know, I, I would listen to them, mm-hmm. but I compared to Alter Bridge. Right, I, I love Alter Bridge immensely more than I did any of the Creed stuff. So right. you know, totally, I I don't see it. But we did talk about you know you got. Mark Tremonti has his own solo gig and then he comes back with Alter Bridge and Miles is doing his thing solo and then also with Slash and right. then comes back. So maybe it's, you know, it's just another opportunity to get out on the road and make a little bit of money. And, you know, you don't know what's going I mean, Miles Kennedy will tour on his own. He, like you're saying, he will tour with Slash. So you don't know what necessarily his plans were. And like you're saying, maybe it was an opportunity that was there. I don't know. But like, I, I know that I will catch an Alter Bridge show as soon as those tickets drop. And yep. I don't know how I feel about this. So that's just my personal take. Sure. There might be some strong Creed fans out there that are looking forward to this. But 
I don't know, Scott steps back in the picture. I mean, he had some personal struggles there going he for did. A, yep. a, yeah, a while. So, so good for you for being on the men, Scott, for being able to come back and, and front Creed again. All right. So we're going to take another quick break and then come back with the new game, Bottoms Up. Get ready to talk Metallica. Metallica up next on the Stand Up and Shout Rock Show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 